to give anything less than your best is to sacrifice the gift. Um, and whenever I hear that and think about that, I think of, uh, you know, the boy like Brady Hempelman, who was one of the toughest kids I've ever been around, um, who unfortunately, you know, couldn't, can't play any longer, can't live any longer. Uh, so when you're doing things, do it like it is your last play. You never know. You know what I mean? And somebody else could kill for that. You know, people could kill for legs. Some people are on wheelchairs and paralyzed. So when you do things, don't sacrifice the gifts that God gave you. Progress forward the best way you can with them. You are now tuning in to the Roughnecks Podcast with your host, Cole Nixon. But thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Rough Next Podcast. I am your host, Cole Nixon. I'm a senior at Ohio Wesleyan University in Delaware, Ohio, majoring in business marketing with a minor in data analytics. I also play football for the Battling Bishops with a love for sports and entrepreneurship. That's why I started this podcast. I wanted to be able to share the knowledge and advice of sports figures and entrepreneurs with all of you. Just about every week, I try to bring on a guest who is viewed as a leader and motivator in the world of athletics, coaching, entrepreneurship business, and just life in general. A new episode is released every single Monday morning at 10 a.m. Eastern Time. Don't miss Motivation Monday at the end of each episode. Be sure to follow us on Instagram at Podcast and Twitter at RoughnecksPodC1. If you want to contact the Roughnecks Podcast about potential sponsorship or collaboration, then message us on social media or email at RoughnecksPodcast at gmail.com. Make sure you subscribe, rate, and review so you don't miss any of our future episodes. Shout out to Dante Fair for the podcast music introduction and PNH Studio for the logo. Now let's get into this week's show. I wrap up with what I'm going to call the big three of Elite One this week. I had on Artie Douglas and Trevor Scott in the past. Well, now it is time to bring on the last of my trainers from back in high school, Trevor Garber. Yes, I really did have two trainers named Trevor. Trevor is currently an insurance agent and the head middle school football coach at Newark Catholic in Newark, Ohio. He was one of the people who truly pushed me the hardest. Him and the other guys at Elite One Fitness are a big reason that I am in the position that I am today playing college football. They may not have been able to help my 40 time due to the fact that I have no breakaway speed, but they helped me be able to record a pretty quick shuttle run if I do say so myself. I can change direction quick, but don't ask me to run a straight 40 yards. I'm just simply slow, and they couldn't even help that. But Trevor joins us this week for episode 23, and he will wrap up the month of February. But let me tell you, he's a a perfect guest to wrap up this month with the topic of passion. In all honesty, he emulates pretty much every single topic that we will talk about throughout this year of 2021. But he truly does have a passion for teaching and coaching and mentoring others. He's definitely someone that I looked up to and still do. Let's get into this week's conversation with Trevor Garber. The Roughnecks podcast is back with another episode. This is episode 23 and the final episode of February. February's topic, as we've discussed, is passion and love. My guest this week does a really good job of showing his passion, which we will dive into here shortly. But Trevor Garber, welcome to the Roughnecks podcast. Thanks, man. I like the intro. 
we met what four i think it's four years ago now yeah it's like officially four years when i uh, first started training there at elite one fitness and you were one of the trainers um time flies that's crazy yeah i know like that long ago but it really doesn't it seems like just yesterday i was getting ready for my senior season i mentioned this to both Artie and trevor because i've already had them on the other trevor trevor scott but yeah i don't know if i never really said it then but i think it's almost one of those things that you realize later like you guys are a big part of the reason that i'm in the position i am today like playing college football at like in my fourth year of college football if you want to call it a fourth year with everything that's happened but I just wanted to say thank you off the bat for everything that you guys did for me. And uh, especially you, you pushed me. I mean, you were the one that brought Artie in and everything. Like you, you pushed me pretty good. So I appreciate it. Absolutely. Well, and I appreciate the words. You know, that's, that's one of the things I've always tried to do is especially when you see somebody who legitimately cares about something and has a little bit of that work ethic that you had, you know, it's, it's always easy to uh, get that fire to help them a little more. You know what I mean? So it was, you know, working with somebody like you and a lot of the other kids, it was always a joy to have. So I like to start every episode. I allow our guests to give an intro on themselves. So tell us who Trevor Garber is. Yeah. So, and you know, we'll go over a couple of things that uh, make, well, what you would think would be a reason why I should be on here for uh, passion. But, you know, so I'm from Newark, went to Newark Catholic, uh, big football guy, obviously. Um, I dislocated my kneecap 20 times before my senior season and had two knee surgeries, right? So I just didn't want to stop playing. So I just kept trying to play anyways, played in the all-star game with a broken leg. Didn't realize it was broken. I thought I was just being soft about it. I thought my shin just kind of hurt a little bit, but uh, I had two screws in because of the knee surgery, right? So they put the screws in to shift my shin bone over. Um, and when they did that, basically it created a weakness in the shin bone. So when that happened, you know, obviously there's some issues there that I didn't realize were as a uh, dire need as they were. So tried to play Otterbein and just kept uh, having issues, eventually broke my leg even more. So that, uh, that caused some complications there for trying to play college football. So from there, I started the business with Trevor Scott, um, got into fitness, doing all the above there. And it was great, but I had an opportunity and I still had that passion to get back into coaching, right? So, so one thing when you do that is, yeah, you're a coach, but you're also doing stuff for 16 hours a day. And my big thing is football. So like I couldn't do what I want to do the most in life. So um, I had an opportunity I couldn't really turn down to take more money uh, being an insurance agent and, uh, you know, way more flexible hours. So it was kind of a no brainer for me to get involved in that as hard of a decision as it was you know, with the free time I have now, I'm able to help coach the kids in the sport I love. So yeah, that's just kind of a background of who I am and where I'm at now. So as I've mentioned, it's pretty obvious you have that passion to help others. So where did the inspiration for training come from? Like where, what made you decide like to finally, like to get into training to start? So that's, that's kind of crazy. Cause I was always like, uh, I was always kind of soft when I was a kid. Like I was not, not soft. I'd say I was tough, but like. You're going to say you're hard. soft, but you played with a broken leg. Right. So, so maybe soft's the wrong word there, but it was, uh, you know, I was kind of lazy. I was, I always tried to get by with just uh, athletic ability. I was always quick and fast and aggressive. And I thought, I was like, ah, shit, you know, what else do I need? I'm quick, fast, aggressive. I don't need to get stronger. You know, I'll just out quick air when I got speed. And then I quickly realized when you get to high school, you're like, oh, okay, this is a different level. Like you need, you need to get better. So, you know, I had my older brother just on me every day to go work out, go work out. So, you know, that was, that was kind of a big start there. Um, and like you're going to see too, you know, with Britt Wilder, who's going to help us coach this year when you join the staff. I mean, he's, he's just a workhorse, you know, and you look at this guy and what he did in a year in front of me, he was one year ahead at Newark Catholic and him, he was a stud. He was, I think he was 
the year he was a uh, a senior, they did two Mr. Ohio's. So they did big division and little division. And he was one vote away from the Mr. Ohio little division, right? So he was a stud, but you just saw how hard this dude worked. And, you know, it was always something I cared about, but I didn't realize what you needed to do until you have the examples around you and they show you what it takes to get that done, you know? And that's why, you know, with, with the training and why I got into it and why I love it is, you know, now I can help these kids and show them like, hey, you know what, you think you got it here and everybody's telling you this, but let me tell you the truth. Like, this is the work you got to put in. This is what you need to do. If you want this, you want to achieve this stuff. This is what's required to do that. Oh, exactly. Like I look at too, like you just said, like you almost sometimes like, especially when you're that stud and the like you're the guy when it comes to high school athletics, you don't realize or even middle school, like you don't realize like you can't stop. It's you, you just start to get complacent and you can't stop and you know, I had the rude awakening, you know, I, I thought I could go play D2, D1. And you, I say this on a lot of episodes where you get that, you get to that D3 level. People don't realize how like competitive D3 is too. Right. And you get there and then all of a sudden you're like, oh shit. Like I well, like, it's the talent that it's, there's a ton of talent everywhere. Right. And that's, that's the thing I tell people with uh, like D3 football is like, you know, I went to Otterbein for a year and the OAC no, the OCC in high school, I apologize, the OCC, so the Central Ohio Division One football in high school is the real deal, obviously, right? You know, they're producing Le'Veon Bell, all these guys, and there was a guy on our team named Speedy Hammond, who was this little short running back who went to Pickerington, and uh, he got all OCC over, over Le'Veon Bell. You know what I mean? He's playing Otterbein, so like these people don't understand, like you have serious athletes here, but they're missing something. You know, there's always something, so either it's injuries, uh, size, height, maybe their 40s not quite good enough. Maybe their bench press isn't what it needs to be. But it's not like these guys aren't football players. They're just they're missing one thing that just didn't keep the, that kept them from getting where they would like to go. Oh, the talent in Central Ohio is ridiculous. Like in a lot of sports, especially like I mean, Seth Towns is playing at Ohio State. He's he went to Northland, which is not in the great part of town, right. and got a degree. He graduated from Harvard. And now he's at Ohio State playing basketball. So, like, people are trying to find ways out. But, like, it kind of goes to show. Like, he was, I think, the uh, whatever Ivy League player of the year in that conference. It goes to show, like, the amount of talent. And especially, like, I mean, Pickerington's winning state – Central's winning state championships. The amount of talent in Central Ohio is ridiculous. Well, and, and that's the big thing, too, is, like, you know, it's – like, you talk about passion and work ethic and things like this. Like, you know, I tell all these, all these younger kids because, you know, my whole thing is that – promote a culture for them growing up and as they get older and maturing as men it's like you know it's hey it's great that you guys are competing with each other at your small division six school that tries to compete in all the schools sports it possibly can right but you have to understand you're competing against everybody like prime example of that is ohio wrestling is a real deal like there's a guy from georgia who was a state champion in georgia comes up to ohio and doesn't even make sectionals like so i mean you always got to think about who are you competing with are you just trying to compete with who's the neighbor next door to you? Or are you trying to compete with everybody you're going up against? Exactly. So you got into the coaching world. Well, last year, I believe, was your first year, correct? Uh, yes. Yeah. So I, I coached a little bit before in help, but this is my first year as a head coach. So it's, it's kind of cool doing it that way because, you know, like now I get to pick my staff. So anyone, I, anyone that I admire or that I respect on how they do things, I try to bring them in. These are people I want around the kids, you know, so it's kind of cool to have that control, to be honest with you. You're a middle school coach, and I feel like to be a middle school coach, you truly have to have a passion for football and coaching 
And I think a lot of it comes to, I think you have to have a lot of patience with middle schoolers. Cause I mean, I know me as a middle schooler, I was a little shit that thought I knew everything. That was, that's still me today, but you get better at it. But so tell me what you think is the hardest thing to handle as being a middle school coach. Oh man, that's okay. That's a tough question. Um, I'd say consistency, but I mean, I guess that's, I guess that's hard at every level, but you know, you, you never know one day you get a kid and they're, they're on a tear and you're like, man, and he's a seventh grader playing with these eighth graders. And I'm like, dude, he's, he might go into our better players. And then put him in a game time situation. He drops a couple passes and misses a couple tackles. And you're like, all right, maybe, maybe he's not ready, but you know, it's, it's the consistency and uh, the focus is the biggest one there, you know? And again, I mean, I, I try to relate to them the best I can. Like, I understand they got things in life, you know, I understand they're trying to get girls, you know what I mean? They, they got a lot of stuff going on. They're stressed out about this, this, and this. Um, so I try to make it more of an outlet for them to come out here. Let's compete. And all you have to do is worry about focusing on this. And, you know, to their credit, we have a good group of kids. That's not really a problem. My big thing that I always try to do is just instill toughness. Like, how do we get you tougher? You know what I mean? Because at the end of the day, things are going to go wrong, you know. And sometimes you might get your ass kicked by 26 points. You know, it is what it is. But if you do that, though, the guy going home that was lined up across from you, I want, I want them to hurt. Like, I don't want them to feel good getting on the bus. Like, it wasn't a good win for them. Yeah, they won the game, but the guy that lined up across me beat my ass the whole time. Like, I'm hurting. You know what I mean? So, it's instilling a mentality to that, which is, you know, it's hard sometimes. Yeah, and you talked about that toughness thing and, like, the on being on the bus. That is, like, one of the things, especially here, I learned real quick. Like, to play defense here at Ohio Wesleyan, you have to be tough, and you got to run yeah. the ball. Those are the biggest things. Tough and run to the ball and know your assignment. But our coach, our defensive coach, he takes pride in every – it doesn't matter if we win or lose. Usually every coach, when they go over to shake hands, says something along the lines like, that is like a tough-ass defense, like talks about our defense. And he's like, that's his, his – like that's our, been our motto and like our forte for as long as I've been here and probably long before that. I mean, he's been here for I think over 30 years. So like he's been doing this a long time. And toughness is like the biggest thing. If to play football, you got to be tough. I mean, there, yeah. there's no, I mean, if you don't want to, if you're not tough enough, then go play like soccer or something. But <laughs> well, I mean, I mean, with anything though, too, is I mean, it's easy for us to talk about football. Obviously, we're, we're two big football guys, so we can go back and forth on football all day. But I mean, with anything though, I mean, just in life, like if you have that toughness, you can get through a lot. Like shit is not going to go your way. You know, it happens all the time. But like if you're tough enough, you'll be resilient enough to get through it. You know, like I got, I got my nephew, he's, he's five, six, whatever. And he's like, oh, I can't wait to play football next year. I'm going to I'm gonna run the ball. And I'm like, well, you better get faster, man. You're moving a little slow right now, boy. And he goes, I'll be all right. And I go, yeah, why is that? He goes, because I'm mean and I'm crazy. And I'm like, I started to laugh about it. I'm like, all right, though, that's that's the attitude we want. <laughs> if you're mean and you're crazy, you might be on the other side of the ball. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's a defensive. He's a D-tackle all day, man. But whatever he thinks, as long as he works hard. Exactly. Work. That's the thing. Hard work, too, will get you a lot of places. Yeah, for sure. So I asked my I had Cam Smith on. Uh, he's uh, somebody I played in high school and college with, and he's the head coach at Danville. And I asked him this awesome. question because he was a first year head coach. I said I asked him, did you feel like there was a certain amount of pressure considering it was your first year? Oh, yeah. So so even with me and I know I know it's middle school, but obviously I take it very seriously. And so it was the eighth grade class. So we had, we had small numbers this year. We usually have about 24 kids in eighth grade and seventh grade. 
this year with injuries and COVID, we had probably 16 kids, eighth and seventh grade. So it was tough. But um, the, the thing is, is with all those eighth graders, like when I started training at 19 years old, those were the boys I was training when they were kids, right? So, and then I got to coach them as eighth graders, which was really cool, but that was also, you know, a lot of pressure for me because in, in my world, it's like, okay, I'm stepping in. These are my boys. These are the boys I've worked with forever. And they're looking up to me like, all right, what's the answer? You know, you got the golden ticket. Let's go. And at the end of the day, we all understand, like we can execute we can do this, we can do that, but they have to do their job, you know? And so, but yeah, the pressure was definitely there. So now do you going into your second year, do you feel like there's less pressure or more pressure or kind of the same? And how do you handle it? Yeah. So I wouldn't say, I wouldn't say there's less pressure. I feel like there's a lot more of a sense of composure because you, you know what you're doing now, you experienced it. Like, you can know, everything about football you want, but you know, there's specific situations that we encountered and we know what we're going to do differently as a coaching staff next year that's going to be uh, much more efficient. And that's not just X's and O's like a lot of people want to look at. At this level, it's all the intangible things. You know, did we did we burn the kids out? Like, that's one thing I thought we did wrong. You know, we burn them out too much, like doing the same consistency. Uh, so there's a whole different pattern to break that down. So, I mean, that's, I guess, how we're going to handle that and, you know, how we, how we apply that to the kids. Like, one thing, I think I put too much pressure on the kids you know, because we're coming from a program that's a winning program. Yeah, I was going to ask you, do do you feel like that pressure comes, stems from your own pressure that you're putting on yourself? Or do you think it's like kind of a mixture of a lot of different things? Definitely a little bit, man. I could, I could see that. Um, Obviously I got pressure. I want to succeed there really well. You know, again, we didn't go undefeated this year, but my expectation wasn't going undefeated. So when we took, we took an early loss on a fourth and eight play, last play of the game, they threw a touchdown bomb and beat us by six. You know, we were up, uh, you know, it's a, it's a pressure situation there. It's kind of tough to, tough to take that sometimes, but yeah, I try not to rub it off on the kids and we're going to, we're going to work on that because with these kids coming up, we're getting the culture back in newer Catholic, you know, which is a winning culture. We have eight state championships in football and we're trying to reinstill that, you know, so we're trying to get them to understand that know what that is without putting too much pressure on them. And that is kind of a challenge right there in and of itself, because again, you know, they got guys that they look up to younger guys, you know, like me and you, you know, we're, we're, you know, I'm only 26 years old. The other coach is 27. The other one's 25. You know I mean? These are guys fresh out of college that they either watched play or looked up to a lot. So I think they feel a lot of pressure from that. And the other guys in my coaching staff, you know, their, their dads won four state championships. So, you know what I mean? It's, it's definitely a program that, has a lot of expectations so it's learning to balance those out and having these kids come in with confidence that they're carrying a torch not that this program and tradition is weighing them down and making them nervous well yeah and like you you've, I mean you're almost as a middle school coach it seems like you're in a way you're grooming the like the their that varsity team for the years to come right what you're doing yeah and that's why I love it I mean it's a great level to coach at because I mean they're still rough you know so like we're doing things they've never done before. Like we do RPOs, we do reads, you know, um, we have our line, like this is the first time our linebackers read line to back, you know, and that's like, to me, that's just common. Like, why would you not learn that first? Because you're not, you know, why would you learn the reverse wave just for reading the backs? So like, we're trying to completely change their mindset. So by the time they do get to that level, they're a level above, you know, because we're going to play bigger schools. When you play bigger schools, you got to be smarter, you got to be tougher. So we're trying to get these kids smarter at the right level, to uh, develop in the future. Well, yeah. And it's like, I wish, uh, cause I look back at even in high school, we ran very basic defensive schemes. 
I'll never forget, like, the first day of install in college, fine. Second day, all right. That third and fourth day, all of a sudden, I'm like, whoa. Like, and this is like three of like 27 installs. And I'm like, whoa. Like, it just hits you all at once. And it's a good thing to teach that, like, those little things aren't, they're not super complex. They will seem complex at first, but it becomes second nature, like, through repetition and stuff. So it's a good thing, like, that you're doing that and teaching these kids some of this. I mean, it's, it's a very little thing that, could make a big difference especially come later in their career yeah one that's and that's the thing too is you know it's it's simplifying complexity like you know again like you know when I sat down installs on defense you know I knew everything in front of me I was a front seven guy right so I played every position the front seven uh favorite was inside linebacker played a lot of inside linebacker but you know growing up until my senior year I played everywhere else so I knew everything inside the box and then we're going over and then we get to installs for college and it's all about coverage first. And I'm like, shit, I don't know anything about coverage. Like we're, you know, we're playing in a running league. I know, I know to drop to my zone. You know, I, I know to get back. I know to look, got, got the guy coming across the middle, but like, I didn't know. And they're doing all kinds of stuff. Run a man. If they switch off here, things we never did before in high school. So that was, that was a wake up call. So I always try to explain to these kids when we talk about things, I go, all right, we're going to run a cover six here. And they're like, do you know what a cover six is? No. I'm like, all right, you guys all play Madden, right? Yeah. <laughs> all right, when you play Madden, you got this going on here. So I always try to make it a visual experience for them because, again, all these kids play Madden. If they're playing Madden, you know, make it something they relate to that they're doing on a consistent basis. And I, I'll say this. I know that when I started learning coverages, like learning more and more, I guarantee that, that when they're sitting there playing Madden, they'll think about their coverage before they, they pick it. They'll like think about what makes more sense because that's what I started doing. I'm like, I start, this is part of the reason I was like, I need to get into coaching because like I would look at it on Madden and be like, oh, yeah, like this makes more sense. You know, it's third and whatever. I need to run this type of coverage and stuff. It makes a world of difference. It's crazy. Like, you know, like our big, our big thing, we ran a Tampa 2. Uh, but we ran it kind of differently. Like we had one of our corners bail, our backside corner would bail, and then our front side uh, safety would roll down to the other coverage. And then our Tampa guy would be the safety. And the reason we did that is because that was one of our better players. So we wanted him to have that Tampa zone, you know what I mean? So he could get up and back pretty quickly there. So, um, but things like that, they understand. So like these kids would come to practice and go, yeah, I run Tampa too. I'm mad all the time now. <laughs> like, great. <laughs> What is your favorite thing about coaching? Oh man, so it it has to be the uh, the unity because it's a family. Um, it's it's a really tight knit school team. Everything, you know, like the guy running the offense coordinator. It's, you know, he's one of my best friends. He was my college roommate. And, you know, the fact that I get to see that guy every day that I wouldn't see every day without this. You know, things like that are really special. You know, we we saw it recently in a in a tragic way. Uh, we had uh, one of one of my players actually passed in a car crash driving home from a basketball game last Thursday, got ejected from the car and was dead on the scene. So, but what you saw was you saw the entire community raise over $100,000 for the family. You know, you go to calling hours. I see all the boys there. I make sure they're doing okay. They're all together, you know, and they'll walk through the line. And, you know, the line was so long, it was a four hour wait to see this boy. And, you know, you you experience that and you experience like the family aspect to things like that. And that's definitely got to be my favorite thing. It's because you're creating, you're creating a loving atmosphere, I guess, and not to cut you off there, but like you're creating a, yeah, much more than just winning toughness, building, you know, you're, you're creating a family together. 
And that's one thing I'll give credit to all of Licking County in general too, because you saw not just like Newark come together. You saw like Heath, Johnston, mm-hmm. like every single community and that like, yeah, we all play each other and yeah, we'll hate each other at times when we're playing each other, but at the end of like, nope, nobody wants to see what happened. No, that's not something that anybody wants to see. Right. And you just saw like a sense of togetherness for that whole count, like our whole County which is yeah. something that goes to show like, and I mean, I, I will say, I feel like Newark the, is one of the ones that draws it all together in general, like that in that city of Newark, because I don't know, I feel it's almost like everything sort of is around Newark and then like everybody kind of comes like together in that way. So I, I give Licking County a lot of credit and I'm proud to be from Licking County from that aspect. Right. And it's, I mean, it's almost kind of crazy too. Like you said, I was, I was talking to one of my buddies the other day, a client of mine. I do his commercial business and his personal stuff. And, you know, he was, he was going on about, he was, how he was snowboarding in Colorado, but he's like, yeah, but you know, I'm, I'm happy to be back home. And I'm like, yeah, absolutely. Cause the, the thing that's special with Newark, it could be the boringest ass place in the world. Right. Or anywhere. And other, I mean, there's other great places, but it can be boring as hell. I mean, nothing to do. There's not beaches. There's not any hot ass girls in bikinis walking around. You know what I mean? <laughs> but the people here are great because at the end of the day, when you need somebody, they're there in a, a drop of a hat, and you can't you can't replace that. See, yeah, you look at that, and I like it, Pataskala, because that's where I'm from, and I I hate it. I, I mean, I never, I always said I'm never living in Pataskala, but at the same time, I don't want to leave Licking County. Like, I, it's weird. Yeah. Like, I don't want to go too far. I mean, I have I'm a very close family as well, but I I still don't want to go too far from home. Like, but I yeah, I know I don't want to necessarily live in Pataskala, but I like that doesn't mean like Heath or Newark or those areas yeah. aren't still like my vi- viable options. Right, absolutely. And the crazy thing is too is you know what I noticed like with and it was already during COVID because I like to do things like hike and stuff like that, but. uh you know, when, when winter hit and there's nothing really in Columbus to do. So like, I can't just go to Columbus for the weekend and like do something fun. Like you're kind of trapped here and you're like, Oh my God, it is boring. <laughs> but at the same time though, you know, when things are opened up, it's really, it's, it's kind of a nice place to live. It's unique. Um, it really obviously not, not the prettiest, not the coolest things going on, but you know, Buckeye Lake's got some, uh, <laughs> got some <laughs> events every now and then. <laughs> Oh, Buckeye Lake. What a great lake. If you're from Licking County, you know exactly what we were talking about. Yeah, I, I got 12 toes for a reason, man. I was <laughs> there too much. Hey, I've always heard that if you swim in Buckeye Lake as a kid, you won't get the coronavirus. <laughs> That's why I haven't got it, I think. I <laughs> exactly. Knock on wood. Um, so, but have you had to be quarantined for that yet? For what? Uh, COVID? Not exactly. I mean, we had to get quarantined right when we first came to campus last semester but I didn't, I've never had it. So I'm still in the clear as far as I know. I just got tested today actually for, I think the 11th time. (laughs) That's wonderful. The joys of playing football that you get tested a lot right now we're getting tested three times a week. So that's, that's insane. I've not got tested once. So (laughs) So I'll go back to one more coaching question. Since you coach both seventh and eighth graders combined, and you, I mean, you said you had limited numbers, does that make it harder or easier in a way? Oh, it's, it's way harder. Um, I think, I think next year I'm excited to see what, what these boys I've already had last year and how they can progress. But I mean, you got to realize, like when you talk about the puberty gap for uh, men specifically, I mean, we, we used to practice eighth grade, we were in seventh grade and they, they beat our ass. They were double our size. I mean, the difference between seventh and eighth grade is night and day. So 
I mean, you're looking at probably these kids are probably going to gain 50 pounds of just, just bone and uh, height. <laughs> so, I mean, it's, it's kind of a, uh, it's, it's hard. It's hard to do that. I would say. So I got a few final questions. What do you feel is your biggest passion? Ooh, teaching, coaching, definitely. You know, it's obviously football, but I mean, if it wasn't football, I'd be doing something else. You know, I think that's, I think that's number one. I love seeing the youth develop into something better than what we had and where we were and making things better than what it could be, you know, because the big thing is, is like when you talk about getting involved at all, uh, I was like, man, you know, give this guy a call to coach the middle school. I wasn't even going to apply for the job. You know, I thought about it. I'm like, you know, if it's not me, it's going to be someone else that maybe isn't as good as me. So I might as well step up and do my thing and do my part, you know, and, and everyone should look at it that way is eventually somebody else is going to take that role and they're probably not going to do it the, well, the, the best they, that you can, you know, so you might as well step up and do what you should do, even though it's not what you think you should do because of your own self-doubt. Oh, doubt will kill any progress. Like it, it is the, it's worse than failure. Doubt will kill it. Yeah. So another question, if you could go back in time, I ask all my guests this, if you could go back in time and tell yourself one thing, when would it be and what would it be? Oh God. So I have, I have two of these. Number one would be don't go to college. <laughs> <laughs> I've actually heard that a lot. <laughs> save, save all the debt you possibly can. Number two would be, I would tell myself in seventh grade to work out harder. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm actually, I will, that was, I mean, you talked about, you know, your older brother riding you. That was the same with me. Like I look back at yeah. when I was, you know, you don't want to do it. You're, you're like, why? Like you don't see the point in it, but then like, all of a sudden, I, I think partially because of like how I looked up to my older brother, like I wanted to be in the weight room, like come my eighth grade year, I wanted to be in the weight room as much as possible. Like I was staying after school to get an extra lift in like, so yeah, I mean, that, that is actually good advice, especially if uh, any younger kids listen to this, that start working out earlier. <laughs> and yeah, get that craving early. That's the biggest thing. Get rid of that uh, complacency about it. Like the more you stay consistent, the more you're going to get like a craving for it opposed to just complacency like ah, oh, god it's it's wednesday again i gotta do legs you should be like hell yeah let's bust this out let's get better today you know what i mean oh and the one thing too people hate doing legs and whatever i love doing legs and one of the things i learned here and i knew it a little bit before is i've heard fake it till you make it because you're yeah. gonna hate it and if you just keep telling yourself you know what i love it let's do it like that's what when we've been practicing it's 20 some degrees less than 20 degrees outside I'm like, you know what? I'm warm. I'm warm. I just keep telling myself I'm warm. I know I'm cold. I'm freezing my ass off, but you just got to yeah. keep telling yourself just to keep pushing through. And so much is mentality too. You know, I'm, I'm a, I'm kind of big on manifestation where like, you know, if you, you know, to an extent, like if you truly just think about negativity all the time, like this isn't going to work here, this is going to work here. Well, yeah, you lost before we even got there. You know what I mean? But if you already promote yourself and you have believe in yourself and you force yourself to believe in yourself, you keep telling yourself these things, you have more of a chance of progression towards that direction. Exactly. I mean, how many times have you seen in like coaches where they, you know, they probably don't think they're going to win this game. Like if they're going, if they're a small, like tiny school, want to play Alabama, like there's a little chance, but you have to like literally just spark that fire and keep saying it and trying to convince your players that, you know what, we are going to win this game and not saying we might, or maybe we have a chance. Like you have to keep saying like, we are like, this is going to happen. And then you never know, like it might give them that extra 10% when they're playing that they need. 
Right. Well, and you, and you see it too at that level, like you said, Alabama versus, you know, they're probably playing Northeast West Alabama state because they're cheaters. However, you know, that's, I mean, that's not here nor there. You can always tell that those schools are way outmatched. They're probably going to lose, but they're, they compete. You know, it's like Appalachian state when they played Michigan that year, the biggest upset of all time, like Michigan was not Michigan is now, you know, they were actually legitimate back then. And uh, you know, that team came in there and they believed they could win that game the entire time. Exactly. So last question before we get on to the final segments, what are the goals of Trevor Garber going forward? Oh, man. So goals. Um, so uh, I want to create a book of business that is extensive here. They, they call it a big, big mark for uh, insurance business being a uh, non-captive agency is million dollar book. So I want to create a million dollar book of business. Um, but with anything too, it's like, I just want to help and develop the community the best I can, you know, with same thing with sales, you know, I think I'm good at sales because I'm genuine. Like I don't, I don't try to bullshit somebody. I just try to tell them like, Hey, you know, this is what's in your best interest. This is what you should do. And how do you want to proceed forward? So big goals for me moving forward is to develop my book of business and insurance. And let's win some, let's win some games next year. You know? <laughs> way, let's win some games. That's always a good goal to have. So this leads into my favorite part of each episode. It's time for motivation Monday. <laughs> Motivation right. Monday is where the true passion usually comes out. Since our episodes come out every morning or every Monday morning at 10 a.m. Eastern time, I feel that's good to give the Roughnecks listeners a little inspiration to get their week started. So what do you got for Motivation Monday? Yeah, absolutely. So I actually have three takeaways here. And the first one is to give anything less than your best is to sacrifice the gift. Um, and whenever I hear that and think about that, I think of uh, – you know, the boy like Brady Hempelman, who was one of the toughest kids I've ever been around, um, who unfortunately, you know, couldn't, can't play any longer, can't live any longer. Uh, so when you're doing things, do it like it is your last play. You never know. You know what I mean? And somebody else could kill for that. You know, people could kill for legs. Some people are on wheelchairs and paralyzed. So when you do things, don't sacrifice the gifts that God gave you. Progress forward the best way you can with them. Uh, secondly, you know, spend time to think of who you were today, who you want to be tomorrow, and what can I control to get there right now? You know, that's always what my big takeaway at every practice is, is think about who you are today, right? So if you're, if you're the second string, if you're the starter, who do you want to be tomorrow? And what did we do today to get there? And with that, I tell them, take 10 minutes to think of that. You know what I mean? Don't rush through your day. Don't get on your phone every 10 seconds. You know, spend time to think about yourself and reflect on who you are. And I think that's huge and everyone should do that. Uh, lastly, the person you hate is working hard to beat you, right? Everybody's got that guy. Everybody's got that guy they don't like. It can be a, you know, it can be the guy out in California that you know, just his attitude, how he is. He's probably yuppie living in a $2 million home. You know, whatever, whatever stamp you want to put on that guy, think about that guy because he's busting his ass right now. And if he's working harder than you, then we need to do something better. That's some good shit. You know, I love the thing you said about like, you know, don't rush through your day and like, to, like, don't give up an opportunity because, you know, I looked at you almost take it for granted. And then all of a sudden before my eyes, I didn't have a senior season of football because COVID took it away. Like I would have never expected that to happen. And then I will be honest, I sat there and I looked back and like, what if I'd have done this a little bit harder? What if I'd have, because right. last year, the year before my junior year, we were one game away from being a conference champion. And you look at it and you're like, what if I'd have done just that little bit extra? So don't ever take, like you said, don't take that stuff for granted because you never know like when something could be taken away from you 
in many different ways it could be taken away from you. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, that's, that's the, the thing with uh, tragedy and loss is you realize that like all you do have is the present, you know, there is no guaranteed future. So in your present right now, let's, let's get it done, whatever that may be, you know, and, and also, you know, be, be more kind to people in that present, talk to people that, you know, you, you might be in a hurry to talk to, you know, like your mom, your mom might be saying, Hey, you want to get dinner? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll do it. We'll do it next week. We'll do the week after that. Call your mom, you know, get dinner with her, do things like that because the guaranteed future isn't there. Exactly. Now the final segment of the podcast, the newest segment is called rapid fire. Rapid fire. I will ask you a handful of this or that questions. You can answer them as quickly as possible. Are you ready? I'm ready as I'll ever be. Coaching or training? Coaching. Offense or defense? Defense. Defense or special teams? Defense. Night game or afternoon game? Ooh, night game. Middle school or high school? High school. Night owl or early bird? Night owl. Ohio Wesleyan or Otterbein? You know what? My loyalty's with you, Cole. Hi, West. <laughs> All right, then let's see about this one. Newark Catholic or Watkins Memorial? Oh, that's not even close. Dude. Let's look at the records. Newark Catholic. <laughs> oh, don't bring your records into it. <laughs> I went two and one in high school against you guys, so I'll take that. Yeah, that's not bad, man. There you go. Yeah. So that brings us to a close of this episode. Thank you, Trevor Garber, for joining the for joining the Roughnecks podcast. Can't wait to be on the field coaching beside you here in the near future. I can't wait either. We're blessed to have you. This is Trevor Garber. Thank you for listening to episode 23 of the Roughnecks podcast. See you next week. But for now, Roughnecks out. I really hope you enjoyed my conversation with one of my old trainers, Trevor Garber. You can clearly see he has a passion for mentoring and helping others, despite what he's going through with the tragic car accident that cost the life of one of his players. He is still helping his team and being there for each and every one of his boys, and he truly cares about his players. I haven't trained with him in over four years probably, and he's still trying to help me and checking in on me. Hell, he's even trying to get me to come coach with him next year. Trevor is an incredible person and awesome mentor. We all need people like Trevor Garber in our lives. If you liked this episode as much as I did, then scroll down, rate, and review for me. If you really like this episode and don't want to miss next week's episode, then you definitely should subscribe. Next week, we'll start our new topic, which will be released on Sunday on the Roughnecks social media. So go follow us on Instagram at Roughnecks Podcast and Twitter at Roughnecks Pod C1. But for now, you know the deal. Until next week, Roughnecks out. Oh, thank you.